Challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. I want to talk to you in this podcast about some of the themes, some of the opportunities, uh, some of the pressing challenges that our Kavanaugh moment gives us in our lives and in our generation. You've been watching the same news that I have. You know that a man named Kavanaugh was nominated for the U.S. Supreme Court. You know that a university professor accused him of molesting her when they were both teenagers. You know there were hearings and debates and anger and challenges and witnesses and counter-witnesses, and you know that ultimately that man was appointed to the Supreme Court and sworn in. Now, I don't want to talk about any of that. We all have opinions. We all saw what we saw. None of us know the exact facts of what happened 40 years ago, and I am not here to talk about any of that right now. What I want to talk about is what this surfaces about great and noble manhood in our generation. I want to talk about the broader themes and the moment that this presses upon us. You see, I live in Washington, D.C., and as I record this, it's Monday, the 8th of October, 2018. And just two days ago, I was walking with friends along Capitol Hill. We were moving from the Library of Congress through the crowds protesting at the U.S. Supreme Court and the U.S. Capitol as we were heading over to Union Station. And we saw what was going on. And I got to tell you that I saw something that I've seen before. And to me, it's the more pressing issue of what's gone on in this recent situation. Again, no opinions at all right now about what's true, what's not, whether Kavanaugh should be on the court, whether he lied, whether she lied. Don't want to touch that right now. Certainly willing to another time. But the issue for me is what I saw in faces up on the hill. Because the fact is thousands of women have been abused and molested. Thousands. If you've listened to my podcast at all, you know that I've said many, many, many times that 20% of all women on American college and university campuses are sexually abused. Think about that. 20%. A huge number of women in our generation have been abused, call it molested. We've got the Harvey Weinstein story. We've got the Kevin Spacey story. We've got uh, other stories like it that are prominent in our society. We've had politicians have to step down. We've had rock stars have to apologize. We've had actors blow up their career. Uh, We've had people in the military blow up their careers. We could go on and on and on uh, with what's been done. But to me, uh, the lasting challenge, the, the the big thing that sticks with me is not so much the politics and of left and right. That's for another time. It should be considered, but I just don't want to do it right now. What I want to talk about right now is that much of the fire behind these issues have to do with the legitimate claim that women are often abused and the people who most often abuse them are untethered unprincipled, usually unfathered men. And by the way, statistically, it tends to be young white men. I'm sorry, that's just the statistic. Let's deal with it. And so the bottom line 
is that we need to look at the moment in which we live. The fact that you're listening to this podcast that has to do with great manhood, noble manhood, righteous manhood, ethical manhood, uh, being, if, if you want to put it this way, and I know that some of you might choose not to, but godly manhood, if that's what we're talking about, then then it, there's no mistake, there's no accident that we have been born, we have been placed in this time, in this generation. I'm not grateful for what's happened. I'm not grateful for the statistics that I've just given you, but I am grateful that I'm here. I am grateful that I'm talking about what I'm talking about at this time. I am grateful that I'm urging you and many, many thousands like you to live as noble men in our generation because there is a crying need for ethical, principled manhood. In fact, I have to tell you that behind the anger about Kavanaugh and behind the, you know, I believe the survivors and whether you line up with Kavanaugh or Ford or whatever, behind all of that is a cry in our nation for men to be good and noble men, the very thing I'm urging them to do. Now, don't don't hear me taking one side or the other politically. That's not, absolutely not what I'm doing right now. And you're not likely to guess correctly anyway. What I'm pressing for is that we hear the cry behind the cry, that we see, that we try to understand the pain behind the eyes, that we try to hear what's really going on here. Somebody might be screaming to believe for saying that Kavanaugh is a dog. What are they really saying? What they're really saying is we don't want to be abused by men. What they're really saying is we don't want to be oppressed. What they're really saying is we, we don't, we want this Me Too moment to be a turning point in our nation. What they're really saying is we don't want to be molested and just have have people look the other way or say, don't say anything. We don't want it to happen in our church. We don't want it, want it to happen in our universities. We don't want it to happen in our families. We don't want it to happen in our culture. And I have to say, good and noble men feel exactly the same way. We feel exactly the same way. We don't want women molested. We don't want women women dominated. We don't want to tell them when they are molested uh, to look the other way or don't say anything or don't hurt that person's career or, or don't bring it up because that person's a pastor or whatever the issue is. We want truth and justice and righteousness. So it's time for us, as we move away from the Kavanaugh situation, it's time for us as men to begin to urge other men to live out a different value system than what they've lived out. And I want to say, first of all, I want to beg you not to be so offended by what's being said about some men and by what's happened in the Kavanaugh situation that you don't see the real need. I've heard people talk about white privilege, and I'm a white man. I've heard people talk about male dominance, and I'm a male. I can take offense. I can be upset. They're saying some stupid things. Okay, let's lay that aside just for the moment. And let's say, look, uh, this is not a moment for us to be offended. This is a moment for us as men to realize that there are legitimate claims against men and that some of the primary problems in our society are a result of not heeding the very things that we are listening to this podcast because of, the very things that we're reading books because of, the very things that we've, reasons we've formed groups of men. Many of you listening to this have groups of men, bands of brothers, and you're, and you form them. Why? Because you want to, in a sense, reform manhood. You want to perfect it in your own life. You want to build it into the lives of others. You want to build a band of brothers that helps to, to, to nurture and grow great manhood. You want to pass it on to your sons. You want your daughters to grow up in a world of noble men. Well, you, we're never going to accomplish that if we're offended. So lay down the offense. Number two, do what I've already said. 
recognize that behind the heat in the situation, aside from the politics, is a genuine claim for what we already agree with. I looked in the eyes of women up on Capitol Hill protesting out there hours before Kavanaugh was uh, voted in and, 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 and then sworn in. And I got to tell you that uh, that while they were, some of them were saying silly things and some of them were dressed in goofy ways, I, I can lay all that aside. Behind that cry is a legitimate cry that we share. And that's that men are noble men, stop the offense, uh, and, and begin to make a difference. And yes, I know not all claims are legitimate and not all victims remember things clearly. Let's, let's, let's get beyond that for the moment. We, we are thousands of reasons for us to be offended and back away from this issue. But the issue is, first of all, like I've said, that we not be offended. And second of all, that we realize that a lot of the power behind this is a cry for what we already believe. And that's that men need to be good men. Third of all, what we have to do is make sure that within the reach, within the realm of authority that we have, within the influence that we have, that we are living out a value that says men and women are not in competition. Men and women are growing an ever larger pie. Men and women are in a mutual encouragement society, a mutual admiration society, helping to launch each other to their best. I can't do it without my wife. I can't do it without women. The things I'm called to do, you can't either. So we are not in competition. We are not in a cultural tug of war. Women have taken nothing from men that they didn't abandon in the first place. And so let's see ourselves as champions of the cause of women. I remember a kind of a funny book years and years ago that, that was titled, Do Yourself a Favor, Love Your Wife. And in a sense, I want to say to men culturally, do yourself a favor, be a champion of women, launch women, encourage women, strengthen women, protect women, be a champion of women, of women. We don't need to do their jobs for them. They're competent and able to do them themselves. But we need to protect them and support them and encourage them and not have philosophies and theologies that undermine them. Because this is not a, a tug of war. This is not a cultural tug of war. This is a mutual launching society. And so when we do that, we will benefit. The better society is, the nobler women are, the more they accomplish, the greater things they do, the better off we all are. Like I've often said humorously, I want my daughter to be king, pope, president, CEO, a five-star general. I want her to be everything. I want women to be able to accomplish everything. And let me assure you, uh, as a former pastor and Christian uh, theologian, uh, junior theologian, that there's nothing in the Bible, for those of you who care about such matters, uh, that prevents any of that. Okay? Uh, let's go on. Number four, it's absolutely essential that we begin to build into our own lives and the lives of our friends around us an understanding of what our role with women is meant to be. And it's not just that we are meant to protect at a cultural level. Uh, it, is meant, it is a matter of in our marriages and in our fathering uh, and in the influence that we might have in leadership roles that we are purposely living out an ethical system that means that women will not be abused. You know, I've often said that in an evolutionary society, in a society in which it's the survival of the fittest, of course women will lose out. I mean, I'm just an average 50-ish man, uh, 60, just turned 60 years old uh, man, uh, and I'm pretty good physical shape, but uh, I'm not anything special physically, and I'm able to dominate most of the women on the planet. Because that's just how it is. I'm sorry. I mean, there are some women who can whip me. Um, but for the most part, I could physically dominate most women. Well, that means in a, in a, in a society in which there's a survival of the fittest, fittest kind of uh, mode or thinking or value system, women are going to suffer. And they've suffered throughout most of history. 
Well, we're not now at a time uh, of societal strength where it's not survival of the fittest, um, where, where most jobs do not involve you know, toting the barge or lifting the bale. Uh, they're not a matter of physical strength. And so women can rise. We should celebrate it. We should be thrilled. What they can accomplish will benefit us all. We must absolutely begin to move away from the porn and a domination approach to uh, male-female relationships, and uh, we should become protectors of the female gender, not because they're weak and stupid, uh, but just because that is one of the roles of noble manhood. And we teach that to our sons, and we teach that to those under our influence, and we build it into our companies, and we build it into our society. That's what our Kavanaugh-Ford moment demands of us. And so this is a great moment because let me tell you what I'm hearing. Let me tell you what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a society that's desperate for noble manhood. They might be, they might be griping about toxic manhood. Uh, they might be speaking about abusers. They might be upset and talking about things like white privilege and what have you. That's fine. They'll mix it into discussions. That's what a lot of the university training has taught them to do. What they're really crying out for are noble men, good fathers, good brothers, good men, good dates, good future husbands, good partners in business, men who are ethical and care for them and protect them and uh, and respect them and uh, and live as partners with them. That's, that's what they're waiting for. That's what our whole society is crying out for. And even if you're a, a, a Republican or a hard right wing, you won't be offended if, with me if I say that currently in our White House, we, we, we don't have a lot of examples of that. We have the opposite. We have the opposite in much of our leadership structure in this country. So it's going to have to come from the ground up. It's going to have to come from you. There are people listening to this podcast who lead great businesses. There are people listening to this podcast uh, who are in the co- in Congress and in the Senate. There are there are people listening to this this podcast uh, who are starting businesses. But most of you are just like me. You're just uh, interested and passionate about a ground up kind of revolution within the church, within the society. A revolution of what kind? Uh, a revolution of noble, good men who are changing uh, the toxic masculinity culture of recent generations. I'm not condemning you. I'm not condemning men. I think most men in our generation are confused. But as you've heard me say many times, porn has educated a generation into dominating women. It it has sent most men to be confused about their roles as men, not just porn, but, but the bad examples and the lack of fathering we've had in our generation. And what we need is a restoration of noble manhood. We need for men to step in and be fathers where there's no good biological father. What we need for our institutions, the church, the government, the companies, the schools, uh, to have not just strict policies, that's not all there is to it, but a strict and elevated code of manhood that's modeled by those who lead well and build a great and a noble manhood culture within those institutions. That's what we're here to accomplish. So don't just be offended and walk away shaking your head and treating and, and acting like the whole society is against manhood. It's not. What society is screaming for is what you are listening to this podcast to become, a good, a noble, a great, a righteous man. So be it, and be it in connection and in relationship to women so that we change the culture of our nation and of our land and of our Western world, and so that we begin to raise up a generation of great men. That's what our generation is screaming for. 
To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group Production.